Hello and welcome back to Eventide Radio. This is a fan-made Destiny podcast where we have roundtable discussions about a variety of topics concerning the popular video game franchise. At its core, this show is about having in-depth discussions about the game from a variety of different perspectives. I'm your host, Scotty, and with me today are uh, Rob and Will. Robbie is out this week. Uh, to preview our topics for today, we're going to be talking the very large TWAB that we got this week, and we're going to be talking Beyond Light uh, and how that's leaving the Game Pass and what that means for um, especially Xbox players. And then the third thing we're going to talk about is uh, the concept of toxicity in PvP. So to get started, let's talk about our largest topic that we have here, and that is the TWAP. And what they're calling this is this huge, it's this huge ability change overall that they're doing for the, um, I believe it's going to drop with the 30th anniversary uh, update, and they're calling it the Variable Ability Cooldowns System. So they're a lot of new changes here, and um, Rob and Willie, you guys both have some some thoughts on this. So, Rob, what is one thing that uh, jumped out to you from this twelve that you're like, "Wow, that's significant," whether it be good or bad? Um, so I think I think there's a lot of really good stuff, and I I think we'll talk about it. But the thing that really like I I don't know if this is like written by two different groups or multiple parties, and like they all I'm assuming with with these like they send an email to like DMG or Cosmo and say, Hey, here's my little snippet, uh, you know, proofread it before you add it. But like, here's what I'm going to say. Cause it, it feels like there's almost like conflicting philosophies in here. Um, but like when I'll preface by talking about the shoulder charge nerve first. Um, so, and in, in our effort to put the emphasis back on gunplay in the crucible, we've decided to reduce the number of abilities that can one-shot a full health guardian. As such, the Titan's three shoulder charges are no longer one-shot abilities in PvP. Like, that's great. But then, in the same TWAB, and this is, like, in a drastically different spot, and this is kind of how they introduce the content, they talk about how they've made it so now Flex Grenade is a one-shot kill in PvP. And I know I know in the, the previous statement that I just read that they said they were trying to reduce, not just completely eliminate but I feel like one of the biggest kind of things that people were really excited about when we transitioned from D1 to D2 is that all of the sticky nades were no longer one shots because especially kind of at the end of D1's life, you know, when we were all kind of playing it pretty, pretty heavily before we transitioned to D2 is people were really annoyed by the, the double stickies that warlocks could have and just double sticky grenades in general. And like, we're like when we transition to D two, we're like finally we have we've kind of like we've gotten rid of some of the cheese, and and they and shoulder charge couldn't one shot then either in in the, at the beginning of D two, so people were like happy with those changes and and then like as time has gone on, we've slowly added more and more like we have like the weighted knife from the hunter, and we have like the handheld supernova, and we've got the shoulder charge. So like every every subclass has some way to do like one shot stuff. And like, yeah, I guess it's fine because you can you can do that with any any class. But now it's like in the same statement or in this in this TWAB, they said we're trying to get rid of one shot stuff. Oh, but but we're going to add a grenade that one shots. And I understand that it's got a ridiculously large cooldown timer. But I'm fundamentally worried that that still opens the floodgates for people to lean heavily into a grenade build that gives them way more one-shot abilities than they maybe would have had in any other 
kind of circumstance. And I know it's just one of those, like, we'll have to see and how it all kind of boils out and how many people are actually going to be using, like, ARC hunters. But it's just, like, it just feels kind of conflicting. Like, are you actually trying to get rid of one-shots or are you just trying to change where they exist? And that that was, like, the thing that bugged me more than anything else. Or Actually, I, I would say that's probably the only thing that bugged me. Everything else looks really, really exciting. But, like, don't do one-shot sticking rates, please. Like, that's all. Yeah. I know that was, yeah, really, I, that was a really long way of saying, why add another one-shot source? Sure. I totally understand your fear. Um, looking at it, I think you know, it might not be that bad. Uh, of course, I mean, obviously, like you said, there's no way to know because we just have to wait and see see how it plays right. out. But, I mean, at least they're trying to make it not terrible. I think removing the projectile tracking is huge. Yes. Um, but yeah, so there is some <laughs> other concerning stuff like adding the aim assist and increasing the throw speed by 117%, which is a pretty large number. So we'll see. I mean, I don't think it's going to be super oppressive. That's my prediction. But I, I understand that, you you know, I totally agree with you. The conflicting ideologies here is definitely a little frustrating. Thank you. That's, that's exactly, that was what I was trying to say, is the conflicting yeah. ideologies. It feels like it was written by two different people. Yeah, and it probably was. Yeah. yeah. What were you saying, I was going to say, like, what, what is, like, tracking, like... I, are they talking about how if it chases somebody, if you move out of the way, or are they talking like, is, wouldn't that be aim assist though? Because see, see like well, so there's there's probably kind of the initial like when you throw it, its tendency to sort of correct itself, but then I think the projectile tracking is as I see like curving around a corner. Yeah, because that was that was definitely a thing that was like oh, especially yeah, in D one, yes. and I and I think because it says it's removed, so it's like if if your initial throw is not pretty on point you'll probably be able to move or jump out of the way of it. Like, I, like I'm thinking, like, if you had, like, your Jotun was, like, a sticky nade, like, how much that can kind of, like, curve. Um, that's how I read the projectile tracking versus uh, aim assist. Okay. So, so because they're getting rid of projectile tracking, it makes sense that they're adding some aim assist because, like, let's be honest, like, trying to hit someone dead on with a grenade is, like, not the easiest thing to do. So you have to have some aim assist with it. but if you allow it to curve around corners and be a one shot, like we're right back where we started with D one. Yeah, that'd be so, absurd. And I yeah. think they, I don't think they would let that happen. I mean, I'm, I, you know, this is a bunch we're talking about, so who knows? But I, I don't. I highly doubt they would make it go anything back to D one levels. I'm like, I don't. Isn't that grenade gonna be like once every like five minutes? Well, 180. Crazy so it's going. It's, now? it's going from 82 to 182. So that's three minutes, but that's the basic. That's a good amount. So of you time. can reduce it. You could reduce it though with like, yeah, it's back in a discipline. You could reduce that. Right. So like I, I, when I, so like my, my big thing, and I was making a joke with you guys on discord. Like I, I say all this stuff and complain, but if they do somehow turn trip mine grenades with young Aham car spine into a one shot, you bet your ass. I'm going to be running that build. Because I, I do have like high discipline spec builds for my hunter because I like using like trip mines and and uh, tracking uh what are the the not the flex grenades what are the grenades that the arc uh, it's shinobu's uh, the shinobu's valve yeah, yeah. Uh, the tracking oh, I don't know why skip I can't grenades skip grenades yeah I'm so sorry uh, so I, <laughs> I, I I lean I I I have builds for both of those that I use pretty heavily. Um, because you can you can have your grades uptime pretty heavily on that, and yeah, it looks like they're they're more than doubling the the cooldown, 
But when you look at all the things that you can spec into getting your grenade back faster, like you could you could do a Frosties build. And I know they're I know they're they're nerfing Frosties in PvP, but you can also have bomber, you can have like the grenade kickstart, you can have all of these things and you can put demolitionists on your gun. Like if you want to build into a I'm just going to be a sticky nade lord, you could do that pretty easily. Um now at now at in that same vein, an argument, you could say, well, but now you're not putting your stats or any of your build stuff into anything else, and you're just going all in on a grenade build. And that's fair. Like, that's that's a totally a valid argument, but it still just means that you have this one-shot potential that makes you question, like, the, the, the integrity of, like, that fight. Because, like, that guy only won because he threw a grenade at you and then just disengaged. And it's like, well, that gets old after a while. Yeah. Yeah. So... Like, it, it seems like they, they accounted for all of these things. Like, okay, it's got a way longer timer. We're also going to nerf the uh, efficacy of all of these abilities, like using Frosties. Like, it doesn't multiplicity stack. It, like, additionally stacks. And Grenade Kickstart's not going to be as good. Bomber's not going to be as good. But you could still theoretically use all of those things um, to, to help, you know, your build be a lot more efficient. Sure. Sure. I mean, I guess at least they're changing, like, at least the, the opportunity cost, if you will, of, yeah. you know, specking into a, a build like that. So it might take a lot more, you know, mod slots and effort to actually, you know, make that work. So, yes. you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I think actually aim. They just, like, throw down a hallway and then... Right. And we'll have to see how it pans out. Like, there's... I guarantee <laughs> yeah, you there's going to sure. be that that douche that you play against in Trials that's, like, that's all he's going to be doing. And every time you slightly peek around a corner, like, oh, he's going to stick you. And there's going to be some guy who makes an argument. It's like, well, that's you being punished for sticking your head around the corner. It's like, yeah, but if the guy's uptime on grenades is so high, then it's like, that's not, that's not really a valid argument to make either. Like, it's, it's frustrating. Like, again, it's not hard to play against. It's just frustrating to play. Against. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. Um, Will, what's one thing that jumped out to you from this twab? Um, the sticky nades and then the one shot shoulder charge is now gone. Yeah, I don't know who was really asking for that, but yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with it to be honest because it's so obnoxious. Like playing a game where there's just like one guy just running around always doing shoulder charging with a helmet that gives it yeah. over and over and over. So yeah, I'm cool in, with it. Insur- insurmountable skull for Yeah, I'm super cool with it. And now you have to like spec into an exotic to be able to get the one hit kill, so you're not just like running around with three kills. So I'm cool with it. <laughs> that was pretty much like the only thing that really stood out to me that I could actually have a sense or like an idea of like how it would play out right the rest of the stuff is kind of like we have to wait yeah. and kind of see we can get an idea True. but we can't really you know yeah uh, yeah so I, I don't really want to give too much of an opinion because i want to see how this stuff plays but like i think everything i saw was like mostly good and like to be honest like a lot of it didn't change the way i play to be honest because i don't use one hit right you know i don't use i don't use stasis out of spite i don't use one shot stickies I think that really did affect me was like the grenade nerf for the the chaining one on top tree storm collar because that's oh, what I use in PvP. Yeah. Fireball. Other than that, nothing really affected my playstyle, so I'm kind of chilling. Everything else got nerfed. Yeah. So, do you uh, do you think the shatter dive nerf is going to be enough? Um, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. I cannot stand that anymore. It's so yeah. annoying. It's just like old at this point. Mm-hmm. So. But I mean, I, if it, I don't know. I think they have to 
just bury it. I hope they do just completely bury it. I hope it's unusable. Uh huh. Rob, do you think uh, what they're doing to Shadow Dive is gonna gonna be enough yeah. to nerf it in the round? I hope so too. I was gonna say I think the one thing from that that actually made me happier than just the Shadow Dive thing is that the Glacial Nade doesn't freeze you anymore. It just slows you. Well, I feel well like that's, that's, that's if like it'll freeze you. I think once it's fully formed. I think is what that was saying. Yeah, it doesn't freeze it's, right away. I don't think it's like the closer yeah. you are to the crystal forming in the middle, like the more freeze, I guess it does to you. Something like that. Right. I, but I, it, exactly, I, I don't know. I still, I still read ahead. it as like you're not going to get that like just surprise. Someone throws a, a grenade at you and you're stuck. And in that time, they can walk over and shatter dive to you. Like I interpreted yeah, yeah, that as no. like at least at least that level of BS is going to hopefully go away a little bit. And and. I like that they're just like, you should not be able to one-shot unless you're just blatantly standing in the middle of the crystal. So it does it does feel a little bit more like it punishes someone who's maybe not paying attention or being a little too aggro, which maybe was the original intent of the design of, like, Shatter Dive was... Well, I'm just... Again, I'm not there. I wasn't there during those original design meetings, but, like, maybe it was a, hey, we want a way to, to shut down grenade or shotgunners. Like, oh, let's have a, a giant wall that you can then... Uh, shatter while you freeze that guy like that kind of feels like the original intended design was like oh let's wall off this corner or this hallway and then if some guy's still trying to get through then you punish him for doing it like that feels to me what the original intent for shatter dive was but instead they made this like tactical nuke that you could just place anywhere in the map and then have a stupidly quick cooldown on it um mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm excited I don't I don't think there's anyone that's like disappointed that they're they're nerfing shatter dive to the ground um and i i i think it seems fair that there is still a potential to to one shot with it because you are basically specking all in on like cuz like they're saying like well, if you have if you have the whisper fissures and this one this and this you can maybe one shot if the guy's like dead center so it seems like okay if you really are still trying to spec fully into shadow dive like you know maybe maybe that seems reasonable but you can't use it as a crutch for every engagement now and i think that's that's what it should be yeah yeah I agree. it's more depressing than getting somebody one shot turning the corner and a big giant blue eyes walls in your face you're like i literally just put my controller down at that point yeah i know <laughs> i've heard i've heard you put your controller down <laughs> i just put it down i'm like there's no point like i'm dead yeah yeah nothing i can yeah. do yeah and that even goes back to like stasis in general just yeah I think every, every other part of it's okay. I think just oh, I meant like pre-nerf stasis. Oh yeah, like I mean like I'm still a proponent of just get the fuck out of the game and lock it PVE. But yeah, right. yeah. Um, Will, I had a question for you. I was curious because um, I know you've talked about you know like super regen and stuff. You're a strong proponent um, of supers. You know, like getting kills to get your super energy rather than yes. it just being like a passive <clears throat> thing. And right. they made this new change where it's like you know dealing damage and taking damage like so being in a combat engagement will get you super energy rather than just it being passive what do you think about that um fantastic that's like pretty much like that's a good even ground for you know what i want and then like what's feasible for the rest of the community um the only thing that scares me is like what about ricochet rounds like a wall or something or like you sit in a bubble sit in your own bubble shoot the ground hmm so like, like dealing damage to yourself? Yeah, like, is it like against people all the time, or is it just because like I mean technically you're still taking damage? That's true. I wonder if I'm, it's like any damage or if it's like damage has to be damage from other people. 
That's yeah. the combatants. That's my only that's my only worry. Other than that, it's a huge phenomenal I, change. Like I feel like that's gonna be if that is the case, that's like a small subset of because like then you have to sit there and actually like line up the ability to to ricochet off like the proper surface and like you're you're kind of just sitting there like pointing your gun at the ground like, well, like yeah there, there could be there down. yeah there could be some guy who does it but it seems like you're not I'm, you're I'm thinking like for having the mind state yeah no uh, i know i know I'm, tr- I'm trying to think from that perspective too like you have three guys hiding a corner with ricochet rounds right happened before with those. like geomags or something right like that. Yeah, yeah exactly but like geomags it's easier to like kind of that's a that's a pretty easy thing to find a wall and run into finding a corner that you can actually like ricochet off of like yeah there's probably gonna be maps that it's easier to do that on we're also speculating that might not even be like a, a possibility like it might need to be damage inflicted by other players or something like that but yeah, we'll have to see but like you, i mean that's a totally valid concern that's like oh shit like is that going to be a problem right yeah um, i think incendiary grenades though i mean you could chuck a solar grenade at the ground takes off right. most, most of your health bar yeah but then you're 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 then you've opening used the potential yeah you're you've used it and it might have a really long cooldown you've also created the potential that now you're half health and if the other team's playing super aggro like you're you're putting yourself at a severe disadvantage for maybe a trivial amount of super energy true like that it seems like a scenario that would end up probably hurting you more in the long run than true um than not yeah. I, I think I think this the super changes are fantastic and I yeah. I'm really genuinely excited about the concept of maybe bad juju being like seeing some love. Um because that now be the, cool. that that getting that super energy is a little more valuable and bad juju is actually like not the worst thing in the world to use. Uh so I I would love to see like we'll call it a semi bad juju meta. Um but I also I also just kind of get the feeling like Thresh is gonna get some love as well. There's, there's that Thresh and Wellspring um, are going to be two abilities, and and like of course Demolitionist um, are I think are going to be perks that are you're going to see a lot more of in terms of like when you when people make like tier lists for perks for weapons, like hey if you want to go all into like a super build like this is what you need, um, and so maybe we'll see some less like damage perks and stuff in in the Crucible because people are are like really really want that extra super in the round or something like that. So, yeah, always nice to see a new shift in the meta. At yeah. least, that'll be fun. One thing that jumped out to me um, when they were talking about you know the base cooldowns for different supers because they're gonna change that up, kind of like how they're doing with right. grenades. Um, so there's five tiers, right? There's tier five, which is the fastest, and then tier one is the slowest. For some reason, I. You know, feel free to disagree. I don't know why Blade Barrage and Silence and Squall are at tier four. Yeah. That seems ridiculous. Uh, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with the um, Silence and Squall one because it's stasis and the harder yeah, it is I, to get the better. I'm cool with that one. No, it's, I, that feel like, I feel like it should be, I feel like it should be lower tier. Oh. It should definitely be slower because like tier four means it's like fast. Right. It is only slower than Well of Radiance. Yeah. And I also, I I saw someone, someone posted on Reddit, like, why is Blade Barrage tier four, but Nova Bomb isn't like that. If, if you can make an argument that like, if you use Blade Barrage correctly, you can whip it and actually get more targets with a single Blade Barrage. Whereas like, 
you know, either Slova bomb or like the, the Nova bomb that has kind of like the lingering vortex pull. Mm-hmm. Like neither of those, like if you mess up your shot and you're maybe going after one or two targets, like that's kind of it. Whereas like, uh, you know, blade barrage, you can, you can kind of swing that pretty strategically and get potentially more kills out of it than, than a single Nova bomb. So I, I, I found that interesting. Like they, they essentially have a very similar effect, but if anything, blade barrage, like a skilled person can get more kills with it potentially. For sure, for sure, yeah. I, that just kind of baffled me because Blade Rush and Silence are like the two easiest supers in the game to use, right? And they are so quick. That just yeah, seems so, so odd to me. I think I misinterpreted the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's flipped. It's kind of weird. So tier, so five is the fastest, yeah, right. and regen, and then one is the slowest yeah. yeah so blade barrage and sounds okay so yeah never mind that's a horrible <laughs> yeah and that wait well there was one that was super weird i was looking at it was, it was um it was night stalker they put that really yeah shadow shot should be higher <laughs> i agree like, super, especially so well they're but they did say like they're gonna probably split up like the mobius quiver versus like the single the single uh, shadow shot. And that, that maybe makes sense, right? Because, like, the, the multiple shadow shot one, I've been able to get multiple kills with it before. Like, people always kind of dump on that super. But, like, if you're playing sixes, you can get... You can get multiple kills with a single shadow shot when, when you've got the Mobius Quiver. But, like, the single one where it's, like, you just you plant a, a trap somewhere, like, that should come back pretty quickly. Because, like, especially, like, if you watch Trials... Very rarely do you see people even use their super. Like they're using it more for the, the utility of of like the passive abilities, not the super. Because it's like it can it's so slow. Like if they sped it up, I could maybe see that argument, but it's so slow, it should be a higher tier. Yeah, I guess that is that's absolutely is is bubble even on this list? Um it's I think they said something about it, but I think it's getting switched because of the voids. But what I also think is like I think they're balancing this based on like Avoid subclass 3.0, not like yeah, what we have exactly. right now. True. So there could be some things that are like super OP about void subclass that we don't know about yet. That's why they're balancing right. it this way. Right. I would hope at least. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I don't know where Bubble is. I heard it, it also, and then I forgot yeah. about it. It also with some of these, and I know like they've again they've already kind of preemptively, but like Fist of Havoc. Like the the top tree and bottom tree fists of havocs play very differently, and it's like you really should split those because like the bottom tree, I think it's the bottom tree, is the one that if you keep getting kills, like it keeps regenerating yep. your super. Yeah. And I know they they've severely uh, like nerfed how much you get back from that as part of this patch note, so maybe it, it ends up like the runtime is about the same as the other ones. So maybe that's why they're both tier one. Um, but it just kind of feels like like the shadow shot uh, and and bubble kind of feel like they really need to be separated. Uh, oh, yeah, because it's in the paragraph right after. By the same yeah, token, Ward right of now. Dawn, which is currently tied to Sentinel's Shield cooldown, will be moved to Tier 5 as a standalone Super Root Void 3.0, which makes Perfect. sense. Perfect. Yeah. That makes so, sense. Okay, so, okay, so it's, it's going to suck for like two or three months, but then it'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. It's Tier 5? Yeah, so, I mean, bubble uh, goes quick. Because, I mean, you just put a bubble down and then you sit yeah, in the bubbles bubble. bubbles are OP, though, in threes. Are they? I think that could be kind of an issue. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, but if but if in that same vein though, if if your counter like maybe 
maybe Blade Barrage or Silence and Squall ends up being a really good counter to that. Like, you're getting your super almost just as quickly as they are, and you can shut that bubble titan down, theoretically. Yeah, I, I think, I I think that's, that's kind of the argument. It's like, the things that would potentially be good as, like, we'll say, like, a direct counter to that are also in that higher tier, close, or at least closer to that higher tier than, say, like, Daybreak or, like, Spectral Blades. Right. So. I mean, and also, like, isn't the roaming part going to get removed? For bubble, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I think, I think okay. especially right. with it's with void that. with void 3.0, I think they are going to distinctly like not give you the roaming potential. Like if you if you are specking as bubble, that's the only that's way you can use your super. Okay. Like you gotcha. don't you don't have like the hold it longer, which I don't know how many times that screwed me in uh, <laughs> raids. Uh, but yeah, I think I think they're gonna they're. Again, we don't know exactly all the details of Void 3.0, but like seeing stuff like this and kind of what they're hinting at, like I'm really excited to see what they actually do. Yeah, for sure. This will be cool. Um, another thing, Will, that you might be excited about is uh, Stags getting like a 50% nerf. In PvE or both? Maybe. PvP only. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so. That's the other thing we have to talk about. Like that. So the the two the two criticisms that you I've read for like years is separate pvp and pve in a way that kind of feels meaningful because like you can't balance certain things in pve and pvp uh without it feeling like one's getting more biased than the other and they finally are doing that like they're i don't know how many things that they mentioned where it's like this is only going to be a pvp thing so like that's great the other thing that i've always read and i've never completely agreed with but i think this really stands out is people have always felt that really all three classes have kind of felt samey. That was more of an argument in, in Destiny 1 than Destiny 2. But I think when you start doing stuff like this, it really starts stretching out like the how samey all of the, the classes feel. And I think there's very little like similarity between a lot of them now. So it's it's really, really nice to see that as well, like just how distinctly they're doing that. But um yeah, ch- changing changing how much like energy gets restored from like all of those dis- different abilities and exotics, like that's really really nice to see. Right. It, like the fact that they're just even separating in the first place for me is yeah. huge. And, like yeah. that's something we've never seen before. Yeah. Because I hope that's like a direction they continue to go in because it's I think it's healthy. Like it's super uh, the healthiest option for the game I think for both sides. Yeah. Fully agree. Fully agree. That's so important. Because it just screws over. That's kind of like the biggest thing that bothered me, to be honest. Was yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I, it's it's nice to see. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, looking around, seeing if there's anything else that kind of jumps out. Um, a lot of the stuff is you know warlock stuff. You guys both play warlock. Is there anything you know notable that you guys are like, oh, that that'll be cool, or that's gonna suck? It uh, it definitely is. I mean, it was it, it was eye opening to see when you when you look at like uh, so it's right underneath that that picture of the warlock using like the the ranged melee in the EDC and mm-hmm. they have the bullet points of subclass neutral game perks. The perks that have had their ability regeneration reduced by roughly fifty percent PVP. Be targeted perks that can either activate out of combat with a single button press or those that were returning amounts of ability energy that were significantly out of band. Or hand. Interesting. That's a typo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, significant! Oh, yeah, you're totally right. Significantly out of hand. Um, it's amazing how much, really, like the war, the warlock identity is by, especially in like the Stormcaller 
is is really like a lot of those abilities are dependent on like what makes them feel good is the the how quickly the ability energy comes back um and it kind of sucks like I, I hope that some of these things eventually get tweaked in like arc 3.0 um but ultimately like it, you know a lot of a lot of those what make like we've talked about this will like like arc web uh for is that top tree stormcaller or bottom tree um oh, it's top tree the top tree like that whole subclass feels really cool when you punish a group of people for for like piling up because you can just you can tank a whole team or you can nuke a whole team just by punishing them by by standing together and like and then get your, your grenade back and like do it all over again like that's kind of a fun thing to do uh but like part of that that subclass identity is how much ability energy gets back and like how much you kind of feel like we'll say like kind of a, a an elemental wizard by just throwing grenades left and right and like doing these great like AOE kind of things and like kind of sucks that a lot of that's getting nerfed. Um, but it was kind of cool as like a snapshot to see, look at how many warlock subclasses get like energy back by doing a thing. Uh, <laughs> specifically like the Stormcaller ones. Whereas like when you look at like hunters, like the only thing that they get ability energy back is practice makes perfect or like, like Titans only have like one or two items as well. So it was really interesting to kind of see just like that list to compare like how many warlock subclasses get like basically free energy by just doing things passively versus like the other the other two classes that kind of seem like they have to do a lot more work um to be kind of in the same level so it's just like it's interesting when they lay things out like that to really kind of put in perspective like kind of how each of those how they kind of design some of those classes wow i didn't even <laughs> realize that until you pointed that out and i'm looking at the list that's crazy yeah and it looks like, like all of it was top three stormcaller too. And you're really yeah. sad, but yeah. Hopefully that Even... it doesn't destroy the class. But yeah, I know I'm I'm worried because there Even... there was that big like arc web nerf a while back. And yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, still good, just not good as it used to be. Right. Like if I hit four people and like saw the numbers come up, I'm like, that's probably three kills. And yeah. Oh, easily. It's, yeah. It's maybe a kill. Right. Again, yeah, Hunter God getting a nerf. Yes, I'm a cool. I, that is another thing I forgot about to say. It is fantastic. I'm all about it. Yep. And I think it's. I think it's a. It's not like a just like oh they've completely ruined dodge. Like it's going what from 11 to 14 seconds. It's not that big of a deal. Um, the, but I think the biggest part though is the breaking projectile tracking. Yes. It no longer does that. Which is. Or it doesn't break aim assist either. That's new. That'll change it. I'm sorry, yeah, I that's like the biggest complaint on Reddit no, right no. now. I, I, I just, I think it's good. I like, I don't know. I think, it, I, I, I've seen a lot of like, I've been perusing Reddit a lot the last couple of days, off and on, and like, you can see some people are very like fired up and like, you know, e everyone has their like their subclass that they hate to play <clears> against <throat> and that the subclass they play against, and like everyone feels like they're being robbed in some way, and like. Everyone like spitefully likes to see, you know, there's like that schadenfreude of like, haha, hunters get getting the most worst nerfs and things like that. And it's like eh, everything's getting kind of nerfed and changed and moved around. And like, we'll have to see it all pans out. But like, like people are like, you know, arguably dodge is one of the most powerful class abilities. And it's like it could it could stand to, to get a little bit of a nerf. And I think like it's interesting how if if things like sixth coyote end up getting more utility or less utility because like, Hey, those Dodgers are a little more rare. Um, and maybe holding on to two of them whenever you can is a, a little more of a valuable like technique. So we'll see, we'll see how it kind of pushes certain 
exotics to the top or pushes other ones to the bottom and things like that. Mm -hmm. Looking at, um, speaking of dodge, Arc Strider is getting a buff in terms of combination blow. So right. you have to use that dodge to or regain your um, melee charge, but they reduced the base cooldown from 96 seconds to 15, which is kind yeah. of crazy. So you could use a different dodge if you wanted to. That's right. cool. I like that. Um, Vanish and Smoke melee, getting a small buff. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Quicker. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So, I mean, overall, I think this is, this is all going to be probably pretty decent for the game. Most, most yeah. of the stuff is all good. In my opinion. I, so, I agree. moving on to our uh, our next thing is uh, also part of the TWAB. So, Forsaken, Shadowkeep, and Beyond Light are all leaving Xbox Game Pass. Uh, and they just kind of all of a sudden dropped this. They were like, hey, less than a month, um, you're losing all of this for you poor Xbox players out there. I apologize. Um, so, you're losing all three of those expansions. And also, Witch Queen um, will not be part of Game Pass when it launches. Um, could be later because they said when it launches, so maybe. But but yeah, that's kind of a a, a sudden thing. Um, it seems like a very short period of time between this announcement and when this is going to be happening. And this is a very significant thing for people who rely on Game Pass for um, you know playing content and stuff like that. So right. kind of crazy. Um, I know you guys. Well, Rob, you have an Xbox. But you don't play. You don't play Xbox typically. No, right? no. I mean, like I. So I have an Xbox and like. I mainly use it as like a streaming device. Um, I we have a Series S, uh, so it's not like the fancy because it's trying to procure a Series X. It's impossible right now. But anyway, neither here nor there. Um, but I, I I have it downstairs. It's kind of fun once in a while to like play it on the big TV. Um, but yeah, I don't have any of like the the content on there. I don't have Game Pass or anything like that. Um, but I know like because sometimes I play with with Robbie or we all have played with Robbie once in a while. Um, and I was I was kind of bummed out when he wasn't able to join us for this podcast because I wanted to get his opinions on like you know does this affect what he's going to do. Um, yeah, I just want to point out so like in in the TWAB they they list off what's being taken away and I think it's very important that they do that so it's very clear. Um, but there's a there's a Reddit post that I think actually kind of details a little bit more. Um, so just just to be kind of explicit, so the stuff from Forsaken, even though Forsaken's kind of going away but there's still kind of the remnants of what's a part of that expansion that are no longer going to be available. So that's like the last wish raid, uh, the shattered throne dungeon, uh, the brood hold and corrupted and hollowed layer strikes are going away, but keep in mind those will be, uh, available, uh, like right after, um, but warden of nothing, uh, is going to become free to play, uh, as part of the destiny content vault update. Uh, and then any Forsaken Era exotics that you've not acquired. So all of that is going to go away. Uh, for Shadowkeep, the Garden of Salvation is going away. The Pit of Heresy dungeon is going away. The Scarlet Keep Strike is going away. Uh, any Shadowkeep Era exotics that you have not acquired. The Nightmare Hunts and the Lactern, or I'm sorry, not Lactern, Lectern, uh, <laughs> which means you cannot farm any moon weapon. Lactern sounds like something for a cow. Anyway, uh, Thinking like lactating. Anyway, my brain's in a weird <laughs> spot this morning. I apologize. Uh, so for Beyond Light, this is the one that's going to hurt a little bit more. Also, it's worth mentioning the middle tree uh, subclasses are going away. That's, again, part of Forsaken. I may not have read that. So for Beyond Light, we're losing, or you would lose Deepstone Crypt. Uh, your Stasis subclasses, so that's also kind of a huge bummer. 
Uh, strikes, you're losing Glassway Proving Grounds, although it is worth pointing out that if uh, Proving Grounds is part of the Season 13 pass, which you'll be able to access uh, at least until Witch Queen comes out. Uh, Empire Hunts, uh, the Exo Challenges, the Varix Challenges, so you can't farm Europa weapons. Uh, access to Trials of Osiris, so that's kind of a big one because and that's tied to the expansion. And then any Beyond Light era exotics you have not acquired. So again, they, they, they summarize that in the TWAB, but not in that level of detail. So if there's something specifically that you haven't done and we're kind of maybe planning on doing it later and not interested in getting some kind of expansion, uh, now's the time to do it. Uh, it's also worth mentioning, this is not me telling you to buy it right now, uh, but there is a sale going on, and I believe it's like $31.99 on the Xbox store uh, to get the basically the complete or legendary edition. So you can get um, Forsaken, Shadowkeep, and uh, Beyond Light for like $32. So if you're kind of like, hey, I'd like to keep playing this content after December 7th, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, knowing that Black Friday is right around the corner and Christmas is right around the corner, there's probably going to be another deal. I don't know if it's going to be as good or better, but if you would kind of like to not have a lapse in your kind of like day-to-day playtime, uh, your PSA for the day is, yeah, I believe on the Xbox store, there's a sale where you can get all three of those for a pretty good price, um, where it's like marked down from like 70 or $80. So, uh, yeah, so that was a, a short way of saying uh, no, I don't have this stuff on Xbox, but I, I, my, my heart goes out to those folks um, that it's kind of a bummer that they're losing all this content all at once. So yeah, that absolutely sucks. But that that sale actually is that's a really good deal. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Is that, is that um, just on Xbox? Yeah, it's just, it's just for Game Pass. So like Robbie, Robbie didn't buy each of these expansions, right? He he picked he started playing Destiny because it was a a, a Game Pass thing. And gotcha. so all of that stuff was free, and now because it's all going away on the seventh or eighth or whatever, um, like it's kind of a bummer uh, to lose all of that stuff at once. And someone pointed out too, like, look, if you were going to buy Witch Queen and the 30th anniversary, and you needed to pick up all of these expansions, you're looking at 130 dollars um, just to kind of get back to like we'll say normal content playing. Uh, and then to kind of continue your subscription, which is like, you know, that's like two games worth of 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 price tag, um, which might be kind of a sticking point for a lot of folks. So like I, you know, if if people like drop off on Xbox because like, you know, they're playing Game Pass and this is just kind of a, a too much of a a budgetary thing right now, like I, I totally get it. Like that's that's a that's an expensive pill to swallow. Absolutely. Um, that's like a week. Just- grocery run right there it is no totally like you know we we were complaining a, a couple weeks ago about the the cost of like them adding the dungeons as like a separate price issue and like you know y- your dollar is very very important to certain people and i think game pass is a really really good deal for what they offer and the accessibility that you have to all these games that you don't have to play but it is kind of that thing where there's always been that kind of understanding that these things weren't going to be around forever it's just kind of a bummer that it wasn't very clear, at least my understanding, and, and I apologize if someone wants to correct me on this, it was never really clear how long they were going to be around. And so, like, it could be a year, it could be three years, it just depends on what the contracts were and what the agreements were. It's like Netflix, right? Like, how many times do you binge watch The Office knowing that eventually they're going to be taken down off Netflix? Um, 
Like, it's just kind of a bummer that like, hey, maybe you were kind of planning on playing this for a little bit longer. Maybe you had enough money that you could you were going to buy the Witch Queen. But now this kind of changes your perspective because now it's like you don't have access to stasis anymore. You don't have access to the last wish raid. And that's like maybe that's your favorite raid. Now you can't play it because like paying 30 bucks extra on top of the money that you were maybe saving for Witch Queen is like, you know, uh, a non-starter. And that's a bummer. Totally is. Um, and you, it might not be Bungie's fault. No. You know, it could be, you know, an Xbox thing, Microsoft, whatever. Um, yeah, it still sucks. Definitely not not cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's too bad Robbie isn't here to um, share his thoughts yeah. on that because I'm sure he he's, he cannot be happy about this. Right. It sucks. It's, it's very short notice. So right. that blows. But um, yeah. Yeah, we never, we never know what the terms of these contracts are. Like I know in... Destiny's always kind of had an unfortunate history with like weird timelines. Like if everyone remembers from like D1, uh, we had like PlayStation exclusives like Hawkmoon wasn't available to Xbox players for the first year. And then by the time it was available, they nerfed it. And a lot of people were like really kind of pissed about that. And like it, like exclusives, I don't think are good for anyone. Uh, and like having having kind of these weird like paywalls and and like it's just kind of a bummer. Like you never know how long these contracts are going to last. Like, Hey, it's great. It's a part of game pass. There's this cool part of partnership between uh, Microsoft and Dest and Bungie again. Like, Hey, that's really, really great to see. But then come to find out, Oh, it's only for a year. And it kind of loses. Like it's like the momentum from behind that. It's like, I, I would be, I would be genuinely curious to see what the number drop off is of people that were like, have been playing pretty religiously for the last year because they got it all for free in game pass. And now it's like gone away. And it's like, well, that's, that was my only incentive to keep playing destiny. Yeah. I'd it's going to hurt the players. Base. And I mean, it's going to hurt us too. I mean, who play with, right. you know, maybe Xbox crossplay friends who are like, man, I can't afford this, or I am not willing to shell out this money. Then we lose people right. to play with and that sucks too. So, right. so yeah, well, yeah, it blows. Definitely. Blows. You, all, you also have to kind of look at it from the perspective of, Hey, is why would I even bother buying Shadow Keep if maybe next year it's going to get vaulted? Like, th- there might be a lot of people that kind of look at it from that perspective of like, like, hey, someone who bought Shadow Keep two years ago when it first came out, they've been able to play it for two years and then they'll get another year out of it. I, again, I'm assuming Shadow Keep's going to get vaulted in some capacity. Hopefully, they leave the moon around, but they'll they'll vault part of it or something. Anyway, um, like. Like I'm looking at at it from that kind of perspective too. Like, what? How do you, as a consumer, how do you interpret like the model where it's like things seem to be around for three years and then get kind of vaulted? Of, is should I even bother buying Shadowkeep as an expansion uh, because it's only going to be around potentially for a year and then it goes away? Like, you have to kind of make all those choices as a consumer, and it, it's kind of a weird spot to be in right now. Yeah, of course it is. Absolutely. Um, Will, do you have any closing thoughts on the whole Xbox shenanigans here? Before we move on, um, not really. Not on Xbox. Um, it does suck. Like the time window was super you know, weird yeah. to me. I think they should at least kind of establish like a deadline. At least I don't know. I would say give people six months to start saving or whatever. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, the timing is super weird. That's just like, hey, like at end this month, like that's it. <laughs> so, yep. Absolutely. Super unfortunate. Sudden kick in the teeth right there. All right, so for our next topic, we're going to be talking about the kind of the state of not the sandbox in PvP, but rather the like toxicity level in PvP. So, Rob, you were saying, um, citing the idea that you've seen more people bagging other people or emoting, kind of the same concept there. And um, 
kind of the question we want to ask here and ask both of you is, is this good for the game? Um, is it bad for the game? I mean, maybe it's a neutral thing, right? Um, what are your personal habits and, and participating in this sort of thing? And, um, and yeah, so, so Will, let's start with you since I started with Rob last time. Um, what are your opinions on it? I mean, do you think it's a bad thing for the game? Do you think it hurts the community at all? And do you think it's, you know, going to turn people off from the game, et cetera, et cetera? What do you think? Um, I don't think it's like, it, you're using an in-game, in-game function, so it's there. And it's just, it's not like, it's just a video game. If you get like super upset about pixels on a screen, then that's probably not, you know, probably shouldn't be doing said activity. But as long as you keep it like, super super toxic then i don't think it's that big of an issue to be honest. so what do you, I mean, what do you I define as like what do you consider to be like super super toxic I mean, like, like where do you draw the like line racial slurs or homophobic slurs or you know something oh, yeah you know, well, something super <laughs> like well no but like people do that like they'll send you know i've, I've got a message as like messages after games where people have called me some stuff and i'm like you know like, i'm cool with shit talking whatever or just bagging each other whatever it is but like when people start to drop that kind of stuff that that's, I think that to me is just crossing the line of being stupid. <laughs> Absolutely, and the whole thing's think, kind of stupid. But um, I mean, but yeah, that you, in particular. Do you participate in the classic Halo teabag? Yeah, do you emote over time. people's dead bodies? Yeah, even PVE ads. <laughs> so what? Comp- like every time you get a kill, or like what compels? No, no, not every time. No. Okay, I'm close. <laughs> If somebody's like playing super cheap, like in my opinion, if somebody's playing super super cheesy, then you know, I'll give them a respect kneel now and then. Especially if I get solo stasis, I will go find that person and then just drop my nuts. Yeah, I get it. So, so you see stuff like that as more of, I guess, like it's kind of like an in-game culture sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, Where it's like I mean, it's kind of like expected, and it's just kind of a thing people do. Yeah, kind of. I mean, like I don't, I don't know. I don't take it that seriously, so it doesn't. And like, getting teabag is never fun for sure. Like, even when I get teabag, I get a little, little tilted sometimes. But like, <laughs> yeah, forget about it. Like five minutes later, like it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think it's like part of the fun in a way? Yeah, I mean, it keeps things interesting. Like, everything's sure. a little bit more fun when there's like, a good amount of smack talk or dabbing yeah. going back and forth. Keeping yeah. some. I mean, like it's not a competitive game, but like. No, kind of there's just that fun like competing factor for me yeah so so like respectful smack talk like nothing like as long as you're not calling people you know like racial slurs you're you're yeah like common sense stuff there's some things that people say that other people don't like which is totally fine everybody has their own opinion but yeah rob what about you what is what is your opinion on this whole situation yeah no i uh i think will will i think probably said it best like it's always kind of meant to be in the spirit of like, you know, it, you can view it as like unsportsmanly or whatever. Like, you know, there's, there's probably something to be said about that. And like, if you go and back some guy who just started playing, like maybe it turns him off from playing all of that aside. Like, I think it's a, it's a not necessarily, I don't want to use the word healthy, but I think it's a, it's a good, just kind of like, yeah, you, like, like Will said, you kind of just talk shit. And because you can't really do that, because the guy's not sitting in the room with you. Like we don't have the, the couch co-op capabilities. Like the best, the next best thing is, as, as we'll put it, rubbing your nuts on that guy uh, is the way to do that. And I, I think there's really nothing wrong with it. Uh, and in the same vein, like 
I, I've always interpreted like emoting on someone's body as basically the same thing as teabagging. And I'm sure there's someone who could try to make some argument against it, but it just feels like in the same vein, like you're you're taunting them in some way. It's just one has more implications about your testicular region instead of just <laughs> using an emote. But at the end of the day, like what does it matter? You know, it's like you're still you're still, you know, trouncing that guy saying I'm better than you. Like that's like the 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 fundamental takeaway of the psychological game that you're trying to play. And and yeah, you're trying to like tilt that guy. Because yeah, you beat him in that that maybe one v one, and now he's gonna play worse because he's like tilted and pissed off and getting sweaty over like something as trivial as bagging. My my fundamental approach is I typically don't initiate the bag, and and the reason that I I kind of suggested we talk about this is the other day I was I was playing and and against there was like a four stack and a two stack and like one of the guys in the two stack emoted on me after he killed me even though i wasn't engaging and fighting against him i was fighting against like some other person on their team and he just happened to like slide shotgun me from the side and i wasn't paying attention like okay yeah you got me and he started emoting me and uh i was kind of like like okay i know i see what you're doing you got me tilted and he 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 reeled me in like i i i bit the bait and went for it but it my my philosophy is and to quote john rambo on this for for like the five of you that have maybe ever seen this movie is like they drew first blood not me and so my my mentality is like okay once you start emoting or bagging then it's game on and then i will go full-blown like toxic and start bagging every time i kill that person and that's that's what happened is like we just started bagging each other back and forth like every time we i don't know if we were explicitly going after each other for the rest of the match but it kind of felt like we were like you again you you get so tilted in like tunnel vision that you don't even care if you're like winning or losing the match like you just want to go for that guy and bag him just to like prove your superiority over him even though it's a trivial meaningless as we'll put it it's a stupid video game like who really cares at the end of the day but it just makes me laugh that like something as simple as like crouching up and down on top of someone has so much like implication and ramification and like quote unquote toxicity. And I, I also agree with you guys. Like, I think there is that hard line of like, okay, you're, you're rubbing your digital nuts on some guy that doesn't mean anything. But then once, once the hate speech comes out and you start getting messages from people, which I still do get once in a while. And I'm like, it's not even like I'm like actively bagging them or something like that. It's just maybe, Maybe I got a really good headshot on him and you start getting like all the words thrown at you. It's like that guy actually is tilted and that's like kind of scary and unfortunate. Like, okay, they're they're obviously immature or a child or or what have you. But like, yeah, it's just all the different tiers of it. But yeah, I don't I don't actively go out bagging. But if someone draws first blood, then you bet your ass I'm going to start bagging back. So, yeah, that's my that's my approach. Yeah, I, I don't personally do it myself but you know i'm i don't get like personally offended whenever i'm like the victim of it you know it's kind of like oh i'll I'll get you next time you know and um i mean i do get a little annoyed if if someone gets me like on a like a cheese kill of something like a shatter dive or something stupid but and then they teabag it's like wow what what did you do to you know earn that yeah so so that's obviously annoying but i don't see it as toxic yeah I i feel like hate mail is definitely definitely wrong uh, you know, glad I don't get many of those, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that big an issue. I, I'm not personally offended. I know, I mean, other people are different, but yeah, I really don't see it as a huge 
huge issue. You know, it's it's been around for so long, and it's just kind of something that's just expected, especially in a bungee right. after all, um, just because of Halo. But you know, I I do see it as kind of more of like you know part of like the video game culture in a sense. Right. If that makes any sense, it's just like it's part of the game. It's kind of expected. It's like yeah, you kind of like poke fun at each other when you're playing against each other, and it's you know, right? Not a huge are there thing. are there any emotes that piss you off more than if someone just bags you any emotes and i can't think of it yeah is there like like if if like okay i'll i'll give you my my two examples maybe this will make sense when i after so if someone and you don't see this anymore because the emote is so like it's so you know d2 vanilla that never no one ever uses it but anytime someone floss dances like that (laughs) and and we we've, we've talked about this before anytime someone floss dances like that, talk about like raising my blood pressure. That just gets under my skin. <laughs> and the other one, and I'm actually glad Robbie's not here because he uses the moat. And anytime I see him just use it, like when we're just like standing around in a raid waiting for like the encounter the to start or something. One. Is that what that is with the two it's flappy so hands? Weird. The cat I, one? Yeah. I hate that moat because everyone <laughs> uses it now. That's the same. Like, like I weird I, anime thing. I don't is understand. That, is, that what, is that what it's from? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it, it's it's it, more. I think it is like a Japanese culture sort of deal. I hate that so much. And I <laughs> like I I there was a, a gambit match where I think I loaded in and all four guys on the other side were using it, and I was like, hell no. And I think I just went to orbit because I just like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that one tilts me so much. But those are the two that like. Anytime someone uses one of those, I'm just like, all right, get ready for the bags. Like, cause they're coming. Like that's, that's just, I don't know. It, it, and, and you know what? Good for them. Cause they, they found my tipping point and found out how to make it. Still <laughs> right. But, yeah. Yeah. That one about yeah, like, I use the, um, is the sad swing one. I think I'll kill somebody or like I'll pop my super and like a one V one the last round and then just like emote for a bit. And then, and mailing me a couple times, and then <laughs> I don't use it to so taunt anyone. But I think my favorite emote is uh, "Unbridled Enthusiasm," which is a—it's uh, an exotic one. It's like the holographic thing, and you get little glasses and a mustache, and you do all these. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Stuff, calling back to the one dude in the um, Vidax who always makes sound effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's awesome. I love how it has little sound effects to go with it. It's pretty cool. The only, the only, the only one that I use is the, uh, the sitting in the chair with the cat, and you're like, petting the cat. That's like, that's the only one I'll use on people sometimes. It's just <laughs> like, just like chill, just pet a cat, man. Leave it, leave it be. Or you're like, you know, a Bond villain, and you just yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Will, do you have any emotes that you were like particularly tilted by? Mm. On the receiving end. Uh, oh, the Pennywise one. That one drives me crazy. It's a Pennywise one. The one where oh, yeah. they're like doing that dance with the legs. Oh, yeah, it was pretty stupid too. That one pisses me off. It creeps me out too. I think it's a combination <laughs> of both. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Freaky, man. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah, mean, overall, I think about it. Yeah, I think teabagging isn't a huge deal. I personally don't do it, but I'm not like hugely offended by it. 
uh, I'd get upset if, you know, hate mail is definitely bad. So. All right. Be honest, though, Scotty. What's you up? bagged someone at least once, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I probably I can't remember the last time I did, but I'm sure I have. I mean, I'm not going to. Yeah, no, I'm sure I'm not clean. I've done it before, I'm sure. But. You're not clean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that cool. But, but yeah, I'm sure I've done it. I just can't think of a time I have. I mean, half the time, I don't have a reason to. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Because <laughs> I'm not good enough to, like, be able to have that authority. But, but yeah, I mean, I don't okay. personally do it. Not a big deal to me. It's like, whatever. Okay. Hate mail's where I draw the line. No, that's that's fair. Um, there was a, a Reddit post that I read the other day where someone was complaining about um, they joined uh, uh, an Atheon checkpoint, and right as they beat Atheon, the party leader kicked that guy to orbit. And oh. fortunately, his loot was able to make it to the postmaster. Um, but he was kind of like, did all of my, like, he was like paranoid that maybe he could have gotten vexed and it just didn't drop or like, he was like all kind of mad and, and all that. So all of that to say there is toxicity that also exists in PVE and like LFG groups. So it's not, it's not all rainbow and sunshine on the PVE side. Like there are toxic people. It just sort of like manifests itself in different ways where it's like, you're a party team leader and like, you just want to piss some guy off. And it's like, oh, here he grinded out trying to beat Atheon with you. And, like, how do you get back at him? Like, you virtually bag him by kicking him to orbit. Like, yeah, you know, like, yeah. So it, it, it there's toxicity on the other side. Yeah, I, I, that's true. I mean, I've been yelled at for not having enough clears on a raid. Yeah, not having any clears, and I've been like berated. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. There's definitely people like that. So it's actually it's it's interesting because you're directly talking to them. And so that's when you'll you will get some emotional responses from people that like there's no reading between the lines. Like that guy is like genuinely pissed and like intense and angry because like you said, oh, you yeah. don't have enough clears or like maybe you like I remember during D1 when um the the kind of final like content update came out and we got all the raids back and we got like the the hard the challenges for them. And we were doing like an Atheon challenge and there was a couple guys at the beginning that just kept wiping because it was the we were on Atheon. You had, every person had to kill an oracle inside the, the the time areas where you get like teleported in different parts of time. So you have to like open the portal. Everyone has to go in and like kill a specific oracle, mm -hmm. and and that's how you do the challenge. And there was like the fire team lead. Like we we wiped probably like 10, 15 times because and there was a couple guys where it's like you know you don't want to be the one to call people out, but there was a couple of guys that were just like consistently either like not going in quick enough or they were like killing the wrong Oracle or they were killing two Oracles and that would cause the challenge to fail. And you could tell the guy was getting like progressively more and more toxic until finally he was like, okay, if you mess up once, uh, cause in the white screen, you could see who killed an Oracle. And if someone had two Oracle kills then you knew it was like that person that screwed up and he's like, okay, the next person that screws up is getting like booted. And like, I hadn't screwed up at all up to that point. And I just happened to like, because someone didn't call it the Oracle or something like that, I happened to kill two. And so he booted me from the fire team. And it was like, that was literally the first time in like 20 wipes that I had screwed up. But because he immediately was like, okay, the toxic switch is on. I got booted first. And it's just like, wow, that really sucks. Like, so it just, but like you could hear in his voice, like he was like swearing at people and getting really, really mad. And it's like, you know what? Maybe people don't want to play with someone like that. And all you're doing is stressing people out. 
And I like, I really kind of think that that's what happened to me. It's like, because he got all like emotionally pissed off, it kind of put that tension in there. And that caused me to kind of like screw up that particular run. And it's like, okay, I didn't really. And of course, like I LFG and like the next group, I finally get it in like the second or third attempt. So like, it really is kind of a testament to like, who's running the group and like, how do you try to improve and things like that? It's like, and sometimes like people just need to take a chill pill. Yeah. I mean, now that I think about it, I think toxicity is almost worse in PVE because you yeah. can actually talk to the people. Right. You know, and you're all right. like trying to achieve the same goal. And when you have people like that, people get really upset if you can't like accomplish it within whatever their time frame is or if it's not perfect, right. whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's almost worse in PVE. Yeah. Just because people I, are, are that obsessed. Yeah. No, and I, 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 you know, when we, when we, had that discussion on the corrupted GM and I was kind of like over it that day. And I was like, clearly like salty and pissed off. That part of that was, is there was one group that I LG with and the guys like have a mic. And so I had a mic and I was like talking and no one was saying anything. It was literally the only one talking and trying to like, or, you know, like, Oh, ogres over on this side, let's take it out. Or like, Oh, you know, to, to, and no one was saying anything. So I was like, do people just not have mics or anything? And so we, we finally wipe uh and go to orbit and the guy like turns his mic on like chews me out and i'm like okay so you do talk but you're like <laughs> talking because you're salty and so i just i like left the group i'm like I, there's no way i want to run this with this guy again because like you know but so yeah no i i agree yeah you you get a different kind of and you you i would say reasonably most people aren't going to be dropping racial slurs in a in a party chat but you do you do get a different kind of toxicity than you do from like the guy who's messaging you after a PvP game, uh, who for some reason feels more comfortable, you know, dropping a racial slur there than than he would saying it in person. Like it really kind of shows how like, people try to hide behind the internet, but like no one's comfortable saying that word over chat. You know, it's like, really interesting to see how far people will go and how toxic they are. Yeah, it's interesting. It's weird how to see how serious people take these things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, again, we reiterate, it is a video game. It is. Oh, totally. 100%. Yeah. Um, can, you, can you report people, like, on the PlayStation yeah. network if they're, yeah. if they're messing? Yeah, I, I've never done it because I'm just kind of like, okay, this guy's clearly just, like, butthurt. And I'm like, I don't think he should get his PlayStation account suspended, like, I'll I'll let him complain to someone else and do it, but like I'm not going to be the guy who's like reporting him for racial slurs and things like that. But okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, I figured you could report people for for sending bad content or messages, but yeah, I, I, I never get that upset about it that I feel the need to. Don't they like record party chat now? PlayStation? Yeah, they do. Oh, if they're they? like being recorded now to get in a party chat, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? What do they do with? Do they just have that in the off chance they need to use it against you in the court of law? Like, because like, there's not know. some guys going back and listening to all that content, right? Like, that's crazy. It might, yeah, I mean, maybe it's there. So, like, if someone gets reported, oh, they can go back and listen. Proof, to maybe. Yeah. yeah I, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Possibility, I but but yeah, I mean, yeah. Who is going back and listening to four hours of you know some random kids party chat? Yeah. To well, like ban them the, for all, saying a bad word, you know? Yeah. It's all those it's all those NSA and FBI agents that are tired of listening to our phone calls. They're now listening to our, <laughs> our PlayStation Network chat. And they're all the time like, who the hell is this Atheon guy that everyone's talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I just never want to shoot him, yeah. You know, I bet the FBI people, you know, know our lives 
so well. They probably know how to do Vogue at this point. <laughs> Take like six FBI agents and like, yeah, I've heard this explanation of the Atheon encounter 17 times. I know yeah. I know what I'm doing, guys. <laughs> so funny. My gosh. All right. Well, I think that's about all the time we have today. So thank you guys for, you know, hopping out and talking with us as usual. And um thank you guys for stopping by and listening. So without further ado, see you guys next week. Have a safe holiday. Bye. Bye.